Quiet, please. Quiet, please. This recreation of Quiet, Please is brought to you by the Icebox Radio Theater from a script written by the great Willis Cooper. Tonight's story is called Tanglefoot. Back in the old days when GI didn't mean general issue, just meant galvanized iron. Used to be a plumber. Uh, no cracks about leaving tools in the shop when he got to go out on a job. If a plumber took along all the tools he's liable to need on a job he don't know nothing about till he gets there, you need one of those moving vans to tote him. Just the same what you can do with a 14-inch Stilson wrench and a mitt full of oakum you'd be surprised at. This place where I worked. Well, you ever smell a plumbing shop? I'll tell you what you smell. Oakum, first thing like creosote, linseed oil, that's in the red ledger used on the joints and stuff, the smell of hot lead where the kid's melting down some little pigs you can put in your bag, galvanized iron, yeah, sure, you can smell galvanized iron, go past the bins where they keep the L's and the T's and the street L's and the couplers and the unions, all sizes and four-way T's, you can smell galvanized iron all right. Then there's the smell of the rats that live back behind the bins, and gasoline burning in the blowtorches and the furnaces. And the thing I remember best of all, the smell of flypaper. My heavens, there seemed to be flypaper every place. I don't know. Maybe in the old days there was more of it, or more flies or something. It seemed like every place you went you ran into flypaper. Remember that smell? Like varnish with sugar in it. Like taffy that's got spoiled. Kind of a fascinating smell in a sickly way. Think about it and you kind of think, no wonder the flies smelled it and went for it. Smell? Oh, sure, flies can smell. They've got smellers that'd make a bloodhound jealous if he knowed it. Flies got lots of things. Got a jillion eyes, six fancy legs, wings, and a trunk like an elephant, only littler. Proboscis, they call it. Talk? Oh, no, flies can't talk. Boy, howdy if they could. I know a lot about flies. I'll tell you about it. I can see it today. There was people living upstairs above the plumbing shop where I worked. That was the summer of 1915, I'd guess. Quite a while ago. They had a back porch hung over the back of the shop, made kind of a shed where we used to thread pipe, melt up scrap lead, stuff like that. And old Ricketts the horse. He used to be tied up in the alley with the wagon. When he was working back there, it was quiet and shady and hot. All he could hear was Ricketts stamping his feet and swishing his tail at the flies. Maybe the whoo of the gasoline furnace. Whoever he was working with, moving kind of slow and lazy in the heat. Oh, boy, it was hot. Iron Herbie, who was threading three and a quarter inch black iron pipe. Yeah, 
You going to the boat excursion tonight, Buck? What boat excursion? Uh, Crawfee Club. Percy singing night. I thought that was tomorrow. Nope. It's tonight. Well, that's good enough. Get another length of pipe. Hot, ain't it? 91, the thermometer says. In the shade. Hot for old rickets out there in the sun. His head's in the shade. What's he hollering about? Flies, I guess. Should have put the fly netting on him. Yeah. Hey, look out. Don't uh, don't step in that flypaper. Uh, flypaper all over the place. That Bert Kincaid is nuts about flypaper. Doggone stuff. Get it all over the place. Hey, watch where you're throwing it. You take care of the pipe. I'll take care of the flypaper. I think with this stuff all around, there wouldn't be so many flies. Flies are smart. What do you mean smart? Smart enough for flypaper. <laughs> Flypaper's always full of them. Mine's the dumb flies. Smart ones smell it and they fly away. They land on people. Horses take a bite. They, they live longer. You know, I wonder how long flies live. I don't know. Too long. Any more length of pipe you need uh, threaded there? Uh, here. What do flies think about? Eating. That's what I'm thinking about. What time is it? Oh, don't you look at that fancy new wristwatch of yours? Yeah, it's busted. Pretty near new. Gonna go home to eat? You want to come with me? No, I wasn't hinting. <laughs> the heck you wasn't. Well, uh, no. You know. flies on you, bud. Ma left some ice cream she made for me. Your mom home? Nah. She went on up to Peoria this morning. Department store there had a, a big sale or something. Well, I could stop at Reuben's, get some boiled ham or something. We could make sandwiches. Nah, nah. We, we got something. Well, I should throw in something. I'm eating off of you. Nah. Well, that's 12 o'clock. Let's go. You ever hear of anything starting so simple and easy and not meaning nothing? Did all that mean anything? Huh. Well, you'll get it in a minute. You'll get a lot of stuff you don't expect. It all started that way. We were threading pipe and kicking flypaper around and stuff. We went for the ice cream at Herbie's house. Sitting in the kitchen or it was kind of cool. Gosh, I hated to go back to work. I hate to go back to, bud. I like to lay down, take a nap or something. Bert Kincaid would can you? Yeah. I wish I was a fly. Yeah, go bite Bert Kincaid. Ah, Bert's all right. Only thing's wrong with him is he's a boss. Flies, they don't got bosses. Huh? You want some more ice cream? I'll leave some for your mom. She don't like ice cream. Sure you don't want some more? No, I'm full. <laughs> Thanks. Well, you can set a couple minutes more. It's only uh, 20 to 1. Yeah. Thinking about flies. You are crazy about flies today. I just got to thinking about them. Say, what became your dad? I'd like to, like to be a fly out in the backyard. 
It's hot. I'd go down under the coal shed to keep cool. Yeah, you can handle one yourself. Wish I had a, wish I had a pet fly. <laughs> <laughs> You're crazy. If I had a pet fly, I'd fashion a rope on him, lead him around. That'd be a mighty itsy bitsy rope you'd have to have. Nah, nah. The this would be a this would be a great big fly. Big as a dog. Yeah, what kind of dog? Like that old collie Masterson had? Fly that big bitch, he'd be ruined. I was looking at a fly under a magnifying glass the other day. Yeah, I seen one of those once. It's about the meanest looking face I ever seen. Great big eyes. Jillian eyes. Look at you from all over. Ari, Ari's, uh, they're always washing their faces like a cat. You know, they carry germs. Yeah, sure. Germs. Oh, gee. Well, a big fly sure'd be something. Sure make a swell pet, though. If you could tame him. Oh, I, I'd tame him, all right. Herbie the fly tamer. He'd be as big and as strong as a bull. Have to put a big chain on him. He'd fly away with you. Maybe I could train him to take me places, fly me around. Herbie, you're sure thinking of an educated fly. Flies are smart. Fly paper catches them good. Old Tanglefoot boy. Uh, you'd have to have a big piece of old Tanglefoot to catch this old boy. Ain't got that much Tanglefoot in the whole world. Ain't got no fly like that either. Oh boy, a fly that big. Hey, didn't you hear the whistle? Come on, quarter to one. Yeah. I wonder what you'd feed a fly that big. Well, have to feed him people, I'd guess. Come on, let's go. Remember it was pretty near three, maybe four months later. We were just beginning to get the first days of fall. People were starting to burn dry leaves along the curbstone. Kirby and I were fixing a hot water heater for Fred and Edith Gibbons, the telegraph operator. Live out there where Washington runs into Court Street. Kinda cool out there, I remember. Mrs. Gibbons, she was jawing at us because she said we were too slow. Wanted that hot water heater fixed right this minute. She wanted to take a bath before the chicken pie supper at the Christian church. She had to put the icing yet on two devil's food cakes, and could we please hurry up? She was all in a tizzy. Well, finally Henry came with the reducer tea we'd been waiting for, and Mrs. Gibbons went out to the kitchen to look at the cakes, and don't go batting things around and making my cakes fall, she said. And I said, yes, ma'am, for about the 14th time, and shut the door. And I laid down that ball-peen hammer, and I said, whew. Me too. Why can't women leave you alone? I get the union after she thinks she knows so much about plumbing. Well, at least it's cool. What? Ah! Oh, that's the matter. I got my elbow in the flypaper. My heavens. What's she still got flypaper around for? Here, hold still. Let me do it. Ah! You gotta take the skin off, too? Here, squirt me some gasoline. I got guck all over me. Haven't been any flies around for three weeks. Give me some more of that gasoline. I know where there's a fly. What do you mean? I know where there's a fly. Well, why don't you swat him? Well, two reasons. First, I... I kind of like this fly. Like him? Raised him from a pup. Herbie. Raised a fly from a pup? Second thing is... You want to swat this fly, you better have a baseball bat. What? 
This here fly's eight inches long. Huh? They hand me that red lead. How big you say this thing was? Maybe nine. Hey, where you going? Mrs. Gibbons! What are you calling her for? Mrs. Gibbons, call up the asylum. Herbie Butterworth has seen flies nine inches long. I joked. Sure, I joked. Mrs. Gibbons give us hell for making noise, but what did I care? I got a good laugh. A fly nine inches long. A good laugh. That day. Of course, things changed later on when Herbie and me couldn't find his old dog, Teddy. Out here. Out here under the coal shed. Hey, here, here, Teddy. Come here, Teddy. Come on out there, Teddy. Hey, come on, Teddy boy. Oh, darn it, Teddy. Hey, come on, Teddy. Here, boy. Here, boy. Come on. Good boy. Good dog. Come on. Now, Ted, you come out now. Come on out there. Ted boy, come on. Come on. Good boy. Oh, gosh darn dog. He's asleep, maybe. With me hollering that way? Well, maybe he's not there. Maybe he's out looking around for his... He is, too, there. I can see him. He's laying down in there. Hey, Teddy! Teddy! Here, boy! Just reach in and pull him out. Darn dog. Buck. Huh? He's... He's dead. Ever seen anybody, anything, I mean, that a fly killed? Oh, I don't mean killed by putting germs on them or anything like that. I mean murdered by a fly. This here fly is eight inches long, maybe nine. This here fly that killed Teddy. That was Herbie Butterworth's dog. It was, it was a hound dog that weighed 42 pounds on John Aper's scales the day before. This here fly just up and killed poor old Teddy. But... Maybe Teddy was scared to death by the fly first. There's nobody in the whole great big wide world ever seen a fly that was eight inches long. Nobody but first Herbie, and then Teddy, and uh, afterwards me. I ain't found him yet. Well, maybe he got froze to death. Kind of scares me, Buck. How about you? He comes after me, I'll bat him on the head. He'll come flying up to you. He'll come flying up, you won't even see his wings. You know how flies' wings is, you, you can see right through. Well, maybe he's froze to death. Flies can't stand cold weather, they die. They don't always die. Sometimes they go into, what do you call it, a coma. And when they get warm, they come to again. And then they're hungry. Yeah, well, I think he's dead. We ain't heard of anybody croaking like a mystery. Not since Teddy. I can still see that dog. I'll try not to think about Teddy. Maybe you ought to leave around some flypaper. Big hunks of flypaper. I got flypaper. It's uh, all around the coal bin where he was. Heavy enough? Don't have to be so heavy. If he lands on a hunk of tanglefoot, it'll get all stuck in the hair. Hair? Hair. The hair on his legs. Flies got hair on their legs. Like real hair? Uh, more like bristles, little spikes, kind of. If he gets flypaper stuck in his legs, his wings, he ain't going to be skidding around so much. Maybe he's dead. Sure hope not. Hope not? Well, I kind of liked him. 
tell he ate on Teddy that, that way. Well, I'd be just as satisfied if I never get to see him. Must be quite a sight, though. Like looking at a fly through a magnifying glass. Sure glad he only got to be eight, nine inches long. Whew. Hate to lose him. You know, I, I could have put him in a circus or a sideshow or something. Uh, make a jillion dollars. Take him up to Chicago. People would come for miles and miles around. Yeah, or you could put him in a museum like that one in, uh, uh, what was it, New York? He was quite a thing. <laughs> he used to eat mice. I went and caught mice, let him have him. <laughs> you ought to see what he did to a dead mouse. No, thank you kindly. I've seen what he did to Teddy. How'd you get him so big, Irby? Uh, secret, Buck. That so? I bet if he laid an egg, the pup would be bigger than he was. A fly egg. Bigger than a hen's egg. Bigger than a turkey egg. Well, maybe he's dead. Yeah. Comes after me, I'm going to shoot him with my old 12-gauge. Aw, oh, you couldn't hit a balloon with a bull fiddle. I'd hit him all right. Oh, hello, Louise. How do you do? Hey, Buck, who's that? Oh, I don't know. Just moved to town from someplace in Ohio or Iowa, something like that. Louise. Louise McGinty. Uh, McKinley. McKinney? Well, one of them. How, how do you know her? Met at Empire Hall that dance the other night. What, uh, social athletic club? Mm-hmm. Well, good night. I'll see you at the shop in the morning. So long. Hey, it's getting cold, ain't it? Gonna snow. Feels like snow. More busted water pipes. Yeah. What's so long, Buck? Say, uh, that, that Louise, what's her name? That's something, ain't it? Well, yeah, if you like that there type. <laughs> I like it. Say, uh, Herbie. What? Listen, uh, that great big fly of yours. Yeah. On the level now. Is there a great big fly? Huh? Uh, couldn't you just be... I, I just thought of it all of a sudden. I, I never seen this here fly. You mean you think I'm fooling? I was just wondering. That I was making it up? Was you? No, I wasn't making it up. I just wondered. Listen, Buck, I never made that up. I wished I did. I wish I never started making flies grow big. I ought to have stopped when one got this big. I don't know whether to believe you or not. Listen, Buck, when I think of what that there fly... You remember when we started way back there last summer, first started talking about talking about it? Yeah. You remember what you said then? What? You said people. People, you said. That's what we'd have to feed them. Oh, well, yeah, but I was just fooling. Listen, Buck, you already ate a dog that we know about what if he what if he ain't dead by now in all this cold he must be a, must be what hungry third of december 1915 yeah 7 6 3rd of december that was the night Herbie and me talked like I told you. I remember because on the 7th, the Boy Scouts had a movie at the Capitol Theater. It used to be the Standard Theater. 
And there was this kid with a bugle blowing it out front. That was the seventh. That was the night Bert Kincaid phoned me up from the shop and Noah Watson came over from kind of next door and told me Bert was calling for me. Head over and Bert says, Herbie Butterworth, me and Herbie got to go right over to the McKinley's or McKinney's or whichever it was. Goes their furnace or something wrong with it and it was freezing. I should go right away and Herbie was going to meet me there. He's already on his way over with rickets and the wagon and the tools. So I said, all right. And I put on my overshoes and my army sweater and I go over there. See, his place is only two doors over from where Herbie lived, over there by the Garfield School. That's why he was there already, see? Didn't even bother to knock on the door, I just went along to the cellar door with my Coleman lantern, and I go on down, and Herbie was already there, sitting on the steps, so I just about fell over him. Not looking very happy. Hey, I said. Thought they'd be freezing to death in here at this house, bust busted furnace. Well, it's not cold, it's warm in here, I said. I, uh, I fixed it. Huh? I say I fixed it. The valve was corroded and I put on a new one. Fired it up. It's all right. Well, what you sitting on the cellar stairs for? It's all fixed. What are you sitting around here for? Well, I, uh... What are you looking so crabby about? Anybody ought to be crabby. It's me. I walked halfway across town and I... What's you so crabby about? She's down there. Who? Louise. You know, the McKinley gal or whatever her name is. Where? Oh, so that's why I ain't welcome. Two's company, three's a crowd. Shh, shut up, shut up. Gonna make some time, huh? Shut up, she'll hear you. Where is she? Well, she went back there in the brazier closet. What for? She gonna bring you a jar of apple butter? <laughs> the old man, he makes elderberry wine. <laughs> he got some bottles back there that he brung with them from Ohio or Iowa, whatever it was. Three years old. Well, I sure like elderberry wine. I know it. Well, I'll tell you, Herbie, I'm a good guy. I'm your friend, Herbie. Seeing as you have everything fixed up, I'll go. Well, you don't have to. No, no, I never stood in a guy's way, Herbie. I'll go out into the cold and the snow. Well, ain't no snow. I'll go right home, and I'll leave this set of sea allens and the tines, and I'll leave the coast clear to you. To well, you do... don't have to do that, Buck. Just I... as soon as I have one drink of elderberry wine. <sighs> Knew there was a catch to it. Ha! No, I'll go right away, honest, Herbie. Hey, been telling her about giant flies and things? Cut it out. That thing's dead. Well, I guess so. If it ever was alive. You got the makings? I uh, got some tailor-made's, uh, Nebos. Much obliged. Uh. Ain't you smoking? Nah. What's she doing, making that wine? Oh, old man probably hid some for himself. He'll give her a good smack, and if he finds out she swiped it, probably give you a good smacking too. Huh? Why don't you yell at her? Oh, the folks upstairs will hear. Louise! Shh, good quiet, shh! <laughs> hey, Louise! Shut up, Buck! Come on now, let's go help her. Nix. Louise, you want some help? The people will hear ya. In here? Hey, Louise! Oh, I thought you needed some... Louise? Louise. Buck, what's that? Herbie. What's the matter, Buck? Buck, what's the... <sighs> Louise. I could recognize her by her clothes. By her clothes, that's all. You ever saw a person that had a fly? No. No, you never did. Herbie and I did. 
big fly. I've seen it. Not eight or nine inches long now, down in that hot, stuffy cellar. Fat and kind of loppy it was. Like after you had a big dinner. He was back there by them furnace pipes. I could see them eyes. Jillian eyes and that trunk like an elephant. When Herbie seen it, he fainted dead away. It kind of buzzed and wiggled its eyes at me and rubbed its face with its claws like a cat washing its face after dinner. I tried to holler, but all I could hear was this buzzing, that's all. Then it kind of stumbled up out of the pipes, jumped and flew right past my face. It kind of flew sideways, kind of. Out of the corner of my eye, I seen it fly right out into the furnace room. The furnace door was open and the fire... No, but you don't want to hear any more, huh? Oh, there's only a little bit more, so I mean, you've come this far with me. Well, they put us both, Herbie and me, in jail. Said we murdered Louise, but nobody could murder anybody like that. There wasn't any other evidence. The fly was dead, disappeared. There wasn't anything to go on, so they had to let us go. That's pretty much the whole story, ain't it, Herbie? The egg. Oh, sure. I pretty near forgot about that egg. Bigger than a hen's egg. Bigger still than a turkey egg. Back there in the cellar behind the pipes. I didn't see it. Buck seen it. But I never told anybody about it, did I, Herbie? Nobody but you. When they let us out of jail, we come back looking for it, but it was gone. There was a scrunching sound back there, so we looked, and sure enough, larva. That's what they call it in the books. You know, we, we took it away with us... Sure enough, this one big grew bigger and fatter than its father or its mother or whatever it was. And every single one of them since has got a little bigger and a little hungrier. Ain't that so, Herbie? Yep. Hungry all the time. Never let him out to hunt. Uh, wait a minute here. Wow. Look at him. Any a dinger? <laughs> First real live pet fly you ever seen. Here, Louise. <laughs> we call him Louise. Look at them eyes. Jillions of them. Look. He unrolled his trunk. Ain't that cute? Nice, clean face. See them sharp bristles on his face? Biggest fly in the world. Bigger than a collie. Bigger than a Shetland pony, I'll bet. Hungrier, too. Come on, Louise. Come on. Wake up. He's awake, Buck. Uh-huh. All right, Herbie. All right. Go on in. No, no. It's you I'm talking to. Do as he says. Go on in. Go on in. Louise is hungry. What's the matter? Can't move your feet? Sure. Stuck in something? <laughs> he used to call that stuff flypaper. Now we got a different name for it. No use trying to get loose. You're stuck for good. And Louise is hungry. It'll only hurt a minute, that's all. Careful now, Louise, honey. Don't get your feet stuck in the man paper. Tanglefoot was a recreation of a classic radio play that was originally broadcast on the program Quiet, Please on June 6, 1949. The script was written by Willis Cooper, Tonight's recreation starred Justin Kapla as Buck and Jeffrey Adams as Herbie, who also directed this production. 
Tanglefoot was produced as a tribute to the original by the Icebox Radio Theater, who is solely responsible for its content. This production is intended as a tribute to the original, and the Icebox Radio Theater makes no claim of ownership to the script or story. This program from the Icebox Radio Theater is made possible in part by the voters of Minnesota through a grant from the Minnesota State Arts Board thanks to a legislative appropriation from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. For more information, visit iceboxradio.org.